You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. But I want to minister to you tonight a really powerful truth. I think one that'll help you and bless you in a great way. How many know this year has been like going through hell? But the good news is if, you, if, you, if this year as you went through hell, if you still came out smelling like heaven God wants you to know tonight that you're going to have a great blessing a greater opportunity a greater breakthrough a greater vision a greater hallelujah if you're still smelling like heaven after going through hell this year God's going to bless you with a great supernatural over the top blessing in your life now I'm telling this by the spirit this is really true We've all went through this and went through this and went through this. But it just means that there is, if you came out of it and you're still in love with Jesus and you still got joy and you still got peace, get ready for some great breakthroughs in your life, huge breakthroughs in your life. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to turn with me to the book of Daniel chapter 3. And I want to talk about the story of the three Hebrew children, Meshach, Abednego, and Shadrach, as they went into the fiery furnace. We're going to really learn some powerful truth here. Let's put it in the text, if you would. There's a certain, uh, there are certain Jews whom have set over the affairs of the prophets of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the commandment to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, It is true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the golden image which I have set up. Now, if you are ready at this time, hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the pastry, pastry, in sympathy with all kinds of music you fall down and worship the image which I have made good but if you do not worship you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the fire now watch this burning fire furnace and who is the God who will deliver you from my hand Shadak, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king O Nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Now, I, I know you know the story, but I'm going to give you a, a glimpse of this and show you that this is so prevalent to the culture we're living in today. Nebuchadnezzar had set up an idol, an image, which is 90 feet high, 9 feet wide. It's an image of himself, and he tells everybody, if you don't bow down and worship when the, when the music is played, that you'll be thrown in this fiery furnace. Now, here's a little story behind this that's so powerful. These three men, along with Daniel, were in high government positions like senators or governors and remember they are Jews but they were brought into captivity back to Babylon and trained to be leaders and God exalted them in fact the reason why Daniel got exalted is because he interpreted the dream of Nebuchadnezzar 
And how many know that even though you're dealing with ungodly people, sometimes pride still sets in. And, and Daniel told him that his kingdom would not last forever. Well, obviously he forgot about that and got cocky again. And so here's a challenge in their faith. And the faith was, do we serve God or do, do we serve man? In our culture, it's the same way. It's always been this way. Satan always wants believers to bow down to his will. It's always been that. When Jesus was in the wilderness, tempted to the devil, the devil showed him all this wealth, all this stuff, and said, all you got to do is bow down and worship me. And in today's church, there's a lot of Christians bowing down to this world system that we live in. It's the same idolatry. It's the same evil that Daniel dealt with. And here's the part you need to understand. Even though our, our government, or should I say, is not Christian-based, at least right now it isn't to the measure we want it to, there are still Christians that God has given authority in this life in this system and even though the devil wants us to bow down to it even though the devil wants us to surrender our will to his will there are people that will stand up and the fire is not going to hurt them you know the story he gets so upset and enraged they throw him into the fire it's seven times hotter the soldiers are actually killed and they go into this fire and when they come out they notice that there's no hair burnt there's no, uh, no, in other words, there's, there's something here that I want you to see that when you refuse to bow down to the things of the devil, God will in fact protect you. God will in fact guard you. God will in fact protect your family and yourself and you won't lose the anointing that God put on you for, this time, for a time as such as this. Are you with me tonight? You're gonna just be humble and quiet and and all that so this idea of bowing down has always been Satan's idea he wanted to exalt his throne above God and in doing so receive the worship and the praise and I see it all over in America today where people are being conformed to the image of the world they're bowing down to this pressure they're dialing down to that pressure they're surrendering their will to the the will of the community or whatever listen to me church we must be strong like Meshach Abednego and Shadrach and if we've been through the pressure and the ringer but we've refused to deny Christ we've refused to worship anyone but Jesus we've refused to do it the world's way we've refused and we've stood strong sure we may have been thrown in the fire but the reality is we still smell like heaven there's no smoke on us praise God see everybody's going through trials but the question is when you come through it are you still smelling like smoke if you're serving God with all your heart, you're not. And you're going to come out smelling like heaven, which means that God's going to give you that breakthrough that you need in your life. And you're going to experience a promotion in your life that's outstanding. I want you to see the result of Meshach, Abednego, and Shadrach because they would not cow down. Look what it says, uh, the next verse here. And the sage raps and the ministers and the governors and the kings and counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed nor were their garments 
affected and the smell of fire was not on them. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah, you've been through the fire this year, but you still smell like heaven. Amen. Sure, maybe you've been through a divorce, but you still should smell like heaven. Maybe you went through a financial problem in your life, but you still smell like heaven. It's only when the trial causes us to smell do we miss out on the blessing of God because if you read on in this chapter, it says that God promoted these men again. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar promoted them to another level. They were already in great authority, and he took them even higher, even higher. That's why I said that if you've went through hell this week or this year, and you still smell like heaven, get ready for some of the greatest breakthroughs and promotions in your life that you can ever imagine. God's ready to minister to you. And I want you to understand that because that's really what this message is about is to bring that into your spirit that not be snuffed out. And when you stand strong in faith, God will move mightily in your life and the fire that normally will mess someone down, the fire that normally makes you depressed, the fire that makes you give up will not touch you and God will take you out of it and you will get promoted and you will get blessed hallelujah because you decided I'm standing up for God I'm fighting the good fight of faith I'm a faith guy I'm a believer in Christ I love Jesus hallelujah you know I, I the thing that a lot of people don't realize is you know sometimes we argue about little faith and great faith and whatever but I tell you what little faith a little faith is when you settle for nothing little faith is when you settle for getting by little faith is when you take it great faith is when you believe for the greatness that God has for you the breakthrough the come on the great faith says I'm not going to be the same I'm going to come out of it better than I was before I'm going to come out of more super than I was before let me test you in this you've been through a relationship trouble divorce if you came through it the way I'm talking about, when you got the other side, you say, hey, it was bad what happened to me, but God's got something better for me, praise God, or it would have worked out. God's got a better spouse for me. God, come on, say amen, everybody. Amen. A lot of people knew that. Oh, you lost your business. Oh, you know, I come through it on the other side and say, Lord, you're going to give me better opportunities. You're going to be giving me better opportunities to be blessed. You're going to give me opportunities that take me to a completely different level in my life. That's the difference between little faith and great faith that says no weapon formed against me shall prosper and I'm not here to be defeated. The fire can't touch me. The water can't touch me. Come on, God's power is greater. We need that in the church. After all, we're supposed to preach the good news, right? Not the bad news, the good news. And the good news is Jesus is still on the throne. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to someone right now, and I want you to smile. Just turn to them right now and smile. Come on, I know I can't see your face, but just smile at them and say, it's still all right. 
Come on, say it's still all right. You know why it's still all right? Because he's still seated on the throne. Because the blood is still cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Because he's still more than a conqueror. Because he's still, hallelujah, got the world in his hands. He's still far above all principalities and powers. His name is still more powerful than disease, more powerful than illness, more powerful. Is anyone here tonight got praise in him? Come on. You understand this? Still. Oof. Man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to teach this without getting excited. Look at this verse, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, and look what it says. Isaiah says, When you pass through the waters, I, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall flame scorch you. I want you to hear this. I want you to see this. He's describing three events. The Red Sea, when they went through the Red Sea, remember the sea was dry. It wasn't wet. They didn't get mud on their feet. Amen. When they passed over into the promised land. Now remember the first one, they were set free from slavery. The second river that they went, or the second one they went through was the Jordan, and they went, they went through dry ground over to the promised land. And then the third one he's talking about is when they were in a pagan culture, and they're being thrown into the fiery furnace because they won't deny their God. And what happens? The fire doesn't touch them. They don't even smell like smoke. You remember the days when you used to smoke? You remember everybody stink? A lady came up to me one time and said, Pastor, will I go to hell if I smoke? I said, of course not, but you'll smell like you've been there. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> Rough crowd tonight. Amen. <laughs> but the point I want you to see from it is that when they went through the Red Sea, the ground was dry. When they went through the Jordan, the ground was dry. When they went in the fiery furnace, the fire didn't touch them. In other words, what God is telling us right here, that if you refuse to bow down to immorality, refuse to bow down to that compromising spirit in this world, if you refuse to bow down to these ideals that come from this world system, that I'll be with you, no matter how hard they turn up that fire, praise God, I'll be walking in the midst with you. I will protect you. I will guard you. Hallelujah. I will be on your right side. I will set you on high through the midst of that trouble in your life amen someone give him praise tonight everybody it's true now here's something that really helps some of you do this you got to learn how to forget the way God forgets about your past you got to learn how to forget the way God forgets and a lot of people say well God forgets your sins well he doesn't lose the memory of them that's clear from scripture because he recites many of the sins that people he forgave in the Bible as examples to train us by but it means that he doesn't hold you accountable to those mistakes you need to forget about the mistakes that you made in your life that they can stop you from the grace of God in your life now you got to forget about ah, I should have done that forget about that that won't stop the grace 
and the power of God from operating in your life, it won't stop it. God is still able to bring you through it. Still able to give you grace. I talk to people all the time that are in that place where, oh man, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't, you know, messed up my marriage or whatever. And, and they just think, well, I, there's no way I can ever get it right now. What you got to do is forget about that and say it's under the blood. I went to Jesus about it. It's under the blood. God is not going to hold it in against me. God's not going to stop me from success because of it. His grace is more than sufficient. And look at it from that perspective, and it'll bring you through. Did you know that Jesus Christ has the master key of every door that needs to be opened? Revelation talks about the fact that he had the key of David. That's a master key. How many know regular keys open some doors? Jesus has a master key. And he says, whatever door he opens will stay open. Whatever door he shuts stays shut. And Jesus has the master key that you need in your life for every opportunity, for every breakthrough, for everything you need. He has that master key in your life. As long as you keep smelling like heaven, God's master key will keep opening up count it all joy when you fall into trials rejoice when the pressure is on give praise to God when everything goes south hallelujah because if you come through it and you come out with praise and you come out with victory and you come out with faith and you come out without fear God will in fact bring you to the next level bring you to the next blessing in your life we'll do that now, I realize on a Wednesday night, people don't want to get that excited. This is Sunday morning stuff, but I don't know how personally anybody could really hear the truth that I preach and not get excited unless they're dead. These truths change, but you got to believe it, praise God. And I want you to understand, we've all been through some hardships this year. But listen, I'm still praising God. You're still praising God. You're still calling those things which be not as though they were. You're still rejoicing that God is in the throne and that he's still ruling and reigning. And we are headed for some of the biggest and greatest breakthroughs that we could ever imagine in our life. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says this. It says that Satan has deceived or blinded the minds of those who don't believe. I'm going to give you a key to this. Why is it some people, and Joyce and I have been fascinated by this, why many Christians are blind to truth? Why would you think that? Why would you act that? Are you blind? Don't you, can't you see it? But here's the reason why. There's such a thing as compromise that tempts every one of us every day in some way. But when a person wants to do something that they sense in their heart is wrong, what they do if they don't, if they don't resist temptation is they will compromise by justifying it. And the more one justifies the bad behavior, the more blind they become. So the longer the list gets of how many ways you have justified it, the more blind you become in that area. So what we need to do is retreat from that and go, Lord, I'm not going to do something just because I can justify it. 
I'm going to do something because my conscience is not bothering me. If my conscience is telling me not to do that, I'm not going to do it. Instead of compromising and justifying, because the more you uh, justify, the more blind you become, the more blind you become, and you can't see something that's obviously true. You don't think it's true. It's because of that ongoing compromise. I love the word. I love when you first get saved because usually the blinders are off because you made Jesus Lord of your life and you turned from your sin and God ministered to you in a great way but one of the things you need to remember is this Satan will always offer you something in the compromise and if you think the temporary blessing or reward should I call it is lasting or it's worth it you're sadly mistaken I want you to listen to this verse Hebrews eleven twenty four. by faith when Moses became an, of age refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin now watch this next part esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for a look to the reward now I want you to think about this for a minute Moses could have been the next pharaoh of Egypt could have been the next pharaoh that was the that was what the devil was offering him he could have lived in royalty and pleasure for the rest of his life he could have had anything that he wanted if he had chose that path but let me tell you what he would have gotten with his reward his firstborn would have died when the plague the death angel came on Egypt he would have perished in the Dead Sea chasing the Egyptians in other words it looked like it was a great reward but in comparison to what he got he became the leader of one of the greatest nations of the world at that time that was supernaturally empowered by God he had conversations with God face to face he saw the glory of God and saw the backside of God's glory go by him all the Old Testament saints said if you see God you die he saw God and didn't die he experienced miraculous things in fact supernaturally God kept him alive think about it he was so special God personally buried him he saw levels of glory that one could only dream about but he had a choice he could have taken the world's way and received all this see a lot of people and you see this with musicians you see it with actors sell their soul to get some earthly reward that comes with sorrow after sorrow after sorrow but has temporary relief now I came up in the hippie movement and I remember all these rock musicians and I remember Led Zeppelin and Stairway to Heaven which made him famous 
You know how Stairway of Heaven came about? Jimmy Page, they rented a, a, an old mansion that had no electricity, and they went there, and while they were working on this song, a spirit came upon Jimmy Page, and he began to write without trying the song. And then later, he told everybody, learn how to write backwards. That's what witches do. Sold his soul for, for, for fame. You see, the same thing with, with movie stars that, that sell their soul to get ahead, but it's filled with sorrow. It's filled with emptiness. It's filled with disgust, and, and, and it's, it's not worth it. And God says, I want to give, give you a blessing. And there may be persecution with it, but it's not going to be empty inside. There's not going to be demonic oppression. There's going to be a peace and a joy that passes all understanding. I want to give that to you, but you've got to be willing to stand up and say, I'm not bowing down to that immorality. I'm not bowing down to that compromise. I'm going to follow God. And when you do that, he begins to roar you in a way that is so powerful with good health, vigor, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Still believe in divine healing, don't you? Still believe God restores? Still believe God renews? Still believe God put that, put that slide in your glide? That's not going to work if we are not persistent in our faith and following with all our heart. See, Moses understood this, that he could have chose the other way and God would have picked someone else to deliver Israel. Because he told Esther that, Mordecai told Esther when she had to stand up for Israel, could have cost her life. He said, listen, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your life and your family's going to be lost too. And God will raise up someone else to deliver the people. It does not pay to compromise. It does not pay to back off from what the Word of God says. I don't care what the science says. I don't care what the majority say. This Word doesn't change. Hallelujah. It doesn't change. I'm not surrendering to the will of the people I'm surrendering to the will of Jesus Christ I'm not bowing down to culture I'm bowing down to Jesus I'm not giving way to what the popular thing is I'm giving way to Jesus I believe that will bring the power and the vigor and the blessing of God in America once again when the church stands up for what it believes instead of backing off and allowing everything else to change us is that it? Come on. I mean, come on. We're talking about the difference that makes that that we will make in a culture when we do that. You know, one of the things that I love in scripture, Philippians 2 10 says this. And it's so powerful. It says that one of these days every tongue say every tongue, every tongue. 
will confess Jesus as Lord. Those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. So it covers all the ground. It says that there, the, even those in the grave, even those that didn't receive Christ will confess Jesus as Lord. Every politician will confess Jesus as Lord. Hitler will confess that Jesus is Lord. Ted Bundy will confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Said hallelujah. Every, everyone. So why not start right now? You know, I get, I'm going to give you a revelation I got from that. And it just jumped on me once I saw it. I'd never seen it before, and I've been preaching a long time. It said, every tongue would confess Jesus Lord. Lord. Those in the earth, those in heaven, and those in the grave. So it's obviously talking about those that have denied Christ, those who have not followed after God, those that are not born again it's obviously talking about them but yet my scriptures tell us that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord you'll be saved there's a lot of people in the church today who think hey I believe in Jesus I'm going to heaven no only if when you say it you have surrendered your life to him as your Lord the devil's going to say that Jesus is Lord, but he's still going to be thrown into the lake of fire forever. Don't, I'm telling you, I know it's not what you wanted to hear tonight, but we need to tell it to the world, praise God. It is, well, I know about Jesus. No, no, are you living for Jesus? Are you sold out for Jesus? Has he lorded your life? Do you want that in life? If you don't, there is no assurance. Only if he's the Lord of my life. And I'm so excited about that. Jesus, I turned away from my sins and I turned to you. You know, when I got saved, I lost all my friends. And one day they were gone. We're not going to Jack's house. He's got no more drugs. We're not going to his house. He won't party with us. All gone. I got more friends now than I know what to do with. I got them all over the world because it is much better to serve God than it is to serve the devil. It's a lot better. There's great power in it. And I love the scriptures because they fire me up. They get me going. Now I'm going to show you something here that's just really an outstanding truth. You remember our original story about Meshach, Abednego, and Shadrach? In our culture, we're not like this. But in the culture in the Bible... When someone was promoted, they wore vestige. They wore turbans. They had outfits that represented their position of authority. So Meshach, Abednego, and Shadrach had a position of authority in, the, in Babylon at that time, and they dressed with that. What's interesting is when King Nebuchadnezzar throws them into the fire, he doesn't strip them of the vestige. He throws him inside 
with the clothing that represents their authority and the fire doesn't burn away the clothing the fire all it does is burn away the ropes that that tied them in other words what you carry is more powerful than the trial that you're going through right now in your life what you're carrying in your life the anointing that you're carrying the blessing that you're carrying in your life is more powerful than the trial and whatever level God promotes you to in your life no matter what fire you go through my friend God that anointing is more powerful than the fire and the world can't take it away from you praise God can't take it away can't take it away if God puts you in that spot he, you can't get no one can take it from you it's that powerful and I, I don't know about you, but we need to know that in the day we live in. You know, I, I came up from that era when Christians put Christian book bumper stickers on everything. Everyone wears crosses. And everybody says, this is a Christian nation. That's what I grew up in. It's not like that now. We're in Babylon. But the good news is this, God is still raising up people in Babylon with authority. In Babylon, that'll make a difference. In Babylon, that'll change things. Because when the three Hebrew children came out of that fiery furnace, the king was so overwhelmed by it, he made it mandatory that no one would ever, ever again speak against this God they serve and the power of God is going to work that way in America today that people are going to say I'm not messing with that Christianity I'm not messing with that Jesus man I saw what happened when we tried to no no I'm not going to mess with Jesus I'm not messing with that curly headed preacher at the river I'm not messing with him praise God no way no way there's power in the name 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 man Whew. but here's what I want you to get a hold of and this is so cool you gotta have to have faith that's beyond Thomas' faith John's gospel talks about Thomas's faith and Jesus said you believe because you saw blessed are those who believe without seeing oh I was taught that to believe without seeing anything without feeling anything without seeing anything change believing believing without seeing there's power in that and we see one of the greatest examples of it is the centurion here's a guy that's not a Jew but, he's, but he believes in the, the Jewish God obviously because he's helped them build a synagogue he has a friend that works with him that serves him that's sick he's on hospice he's about ready to die he goes to his, his religious friends and says, can you go to Jesus and ask him to, to heal my servant? And, and so they go to Jesus, and Jesus heads towards uh, 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 Cornelius' house or the centurion's house, and he goes there, and as he's going there, this, the soldier sees him, and he runs out to him, and he says this to him. He says, Lord, speak the word only. I'm not worthy that I'd even be in your midst or you come in my house. But just speak the word only. That's all you can do is speak the word. He says, I'm a man like you. 
I command people to do this and they do that and, and I know all you got to do is speak the word and it, it'll be good and Jesus stops and he says I have not found such great faith in all of Israel and then he says to, them, says to him he says be it done unto you according as you believe and as he went back to his house when he got to his house it says the servant was well you know what the word well means it means and you don't need a doctor anymore you don't need aspirin anymore you don't need painkillers anymore you don't need drugs anymore you don't need therapy anymore you don't need a physician anymore in other words when he headed back to the house by the time he got back to the house he didn't need a physician he didn't need that come on all he needed was a vacation all he needed was a place he was it changed him and I'm telling you tonight that when you believe the word by the time you get home tonight your miracle's going to be awaiting you in the house hallelujah Jesus as soon as you get home you just got to believe but I've seen it just like he did and wow what a supernatural miracle Oh, can you imagine going home tonight and just noticing the atmosphere has changed in your home and noticing that everything's different now? The way you see things, the way you're doing has changed. Go home tonight, you get a phone call. Hey, man, I'm really sorry, man. I didn't know. Hey, thanks for calling, man. Can you imagine the miracles that would have happened if we would just believe his word, believe his word, believe his word that by your stripes we are heal himself took up our infirmities and bore away our sicknesses his word says you're the head and not the tail you're above only his word says that we are joint heirs with Christ his word says that a righteous man will receive an inheritance for his children's children his word says with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.